Hello, y'all, and welcome to Deck Diaries. I am your host and human, Tabitha, and I'm here to take you on a little stroll through my life's diary and the raw, unedited stories from others. Real stories, real humans, real healing, and a whole lot of fuckery all from the deck. Join me and my co-host Meg and other random guests throughout the week as we learn to unfilter our lives, love ourselves a little bit more, and be better humans. To stay up to date on what's coming up on deck, follow us on Instagram at Deck Diaries and on Facebook at, you guessed it, Deck Diaries. Now, kick off your shoes, relax with me, and welcome to the deck. Hello, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Deck Diaries. I am your host and human, Tabitha. Maggie's in the house as always. What, what? Um, tonight, we have a special guest, and actually a guest that I have not vetted. Mm-hmm. So me and Megan are in the same boat tonight. Um, we don't really know him, but we know of his story. Um, and when I saw his story on the news and in the papers and social media, um, I genuinely wanted to get to know this person. Um, his story's pretty badass. Um, so everybody welcome Heath. Welcome Heath. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. Um, so Heath, why don't you... Tell everybody about yourself first, and then we will get into your story. Uh, Heath Thompson, uh, born and raised right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Nice. I am uh, 36 years old, but I act like a 16-year-old. That's so, great. So do we. I like to do a little bit of math, and I'm about the median age of a 24-year-old mm. when you do it together. There mm. you go. That's I, a solid uh, age. <laughs> I'm five and a half years sober. Um, sober from what, may I ask? Oh. Uh, Alcohol, but I also quit smoking cannabis at the same time. Okay. Nice. Uh, I didn't see myself as having an alcohol problem, but I realized that when I would go out to do social gatherings, I had a social anxiety problem, mm-hmm. um, which you'll probably learn a little bit about later Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I tell the rest of my story and why I'm on the podcast. But I wasn't great with social situations, so I would turn to alcohol and a few drinks to uh, loosen calm, up, yep, loosen yeah. up calm, the, calm the nerves. Yeah. Well, congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah. Thank you. So that's a whole nother battle that you're fighting. I think it's one battle and it's just a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one big tree with some branches. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so five and a half years sober, you said? Yep. Yeah. Uh, married, kids, divorced? Single. Single. Okay, yep. everybody, shout out. He's single. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, what Still else? live here in Cedar Rapids? I do, yes. Awesome. Yep, live in Cedar Rapids. Huge fan of uh, local music scene. Mm-hmm. Friends with a lot of people um, that own local bars and venues. And so I still go out and do things. Um, typically, I'm waiting for a band I want to see, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Um, I do a ton of hiking. I like to stay fit for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I like to find what things I enjoy doing to do that. Okay. Uh, hiking is one of those. Huge fan of photography. I actually oh, nice. picked up a small photography gig that I just did a little bit of photos for like an hour before coming here. Oh, nice. that's fun. fun. What type of photography? Like um, I events? Pref- or... I prefer nature just being outside myself, my mm-hmm. camera, right? things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll do events. I've done one wedding. It uh-huh. was a very spur of the moment. Uh, 
through COVID, a friend of mine had to postpone his wedding. Mm -hmm. The uh, maid of honor reached out to me and was like, hey, we had a photographer, but since we had to move the wedding, the photographer couldn't, uh, yeah, couldn't be available. So I spur of the moment did a wedding. On the fly. On the fly. Awesome. Um, I love going to any sort of music event. Mm-hmm. So any Are you a dancer? Absolutely not. Oh no. Oh, you guys could have been besties. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, you said you like to get the exercise out of I it. I do. I do. That's you got We dance. love live music. Like yeah. that live music's my thing. I, mm-hmm. I actually bartend for venue works yeah. on the side part time. Um, mostly because I love people and I fucking love music. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a nice gig and the money's yeah. great. Yeah, get get paid to do I something and see something music. and enjoy. Like, yeah. I don't even care if I don't know the band or, in quotations, don't like that kind of music. Like I just mm-hmm. love live music. Yeah, it's too. fun, and yeah. she's a blast to go with because she's the dancer. Heck it's, yeah! It's just a type of energy that you don't get yeah. a whole lot of other places, right. and you can just kind of let loose. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, we got to get you dancing next time. Heck yeah! But wear steel. Wear steel toe boots for when I accidentally step on you. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, it sounds like you keep yourself really busy. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. is that intentional? Yes. Good. Okay. It is. So, um, I mean, why don't we just get into your story? Because your story is a story of phenomenal weight loss. Yes. Um, and. I know that beyond, uh, like, I, I was writing in my diary about you, and I said, you know, like, beyond all the nutrition and the exercise and everything of it, when I look at you and read your story, for me, I go to the mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that's incredible. That's what attracted me to you as a guest is beyond all the nutrition and exercise, your mindset is so strong. Holy shit. It has to, to be. To be able to do what you did. Yeah, it, it has to be. So, I mean, tell the audience your story. I uh, used to weigh over 500 pounds. Wow. I can't tell you an exact weight. I, beginning of 2014, started losing weight as a New Year's resolution. And uh, every couple weeks, I would go to a free clinic here locally uh, just to walk in, stand on their scale, see if it would give me a readable number. 2014, they didn't have tons of digital scales that went five, 600 pounds. Okay. So I don't know what my starting weight was. I just know that it had to have been over 500. Mm. I didn't get an actual w- number for my weight until October of 2014. So 10 months later, that number was 477. I had already gone down two shirt sizes since then. Wow. So I however much weight that two shirt sizes was. Which could be different for everybody. Yeah. 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 So who who knows what my starting weight actually was. So I comfortably say over 500. I don't know if yeah. it was a ton over. Uh, lowest weight that I've stood on a scale and got was 249. So wow, over congrats. 250 pounds I've lost. And yeah. when did this journey start again? What year? 2014. 2014. Okay. And yep. how, what's, let's go back further. How did you get to that point? Uh, I honestly don't know. Were you like a bigger just, kid or I, I want, did you have, you know, some people have an injury that stops them from moving around or some people have, you know, depression that, you know, they feed with food or whatever it may be. Yeah. How did you get to over 500 I, pounds? I'm sure... Thinking back, the way my mental health is now, mm-hmm. compared to then, I'm sure a lot of it was mental health related. Sure. A lot of it was eating emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you just completely unaware of it? Oh, h- how could you be when you're that size? Were you... Well, no, I, I mean, am, unaware of what was causing you to um, act in that oh, way. Oh, no, I, I knew it was eating because of emotions. Okay. Eating because of emotions isn't the root cause, though. Okay. It's, it's whatever's causing the negative emotions is right. the root cause. Mm-hmm. Um, probably family life. Okay. Were, were you large as a child, too? Was this, yeah. a, was this just you've always dealt I, with this your entire life? Yeah, I was a bigger kid. Okay, okay. But I also had things like getting pulled out of an elementary school and having a local police officer follow me home because I'd get a bike for my birthday that a relative had, quote, bought from a garage sale. Mm. And then 
come to find out it was a stolen bike, and I'm fourth or fifth grade getting pulled Aww. out of class for things like that. So it's, I'm, I know it was mental health related. You just had kind of yeah. a tumultuous childhood? Yeah. Okay. So do you, like, when you go back in your memory and dissect it now, like you said that your mental health is better, as a kid, is that what you turn to? Do you have brothers, sisters, are your parents married, like, divorced? I've got a younger sister, an older brother, two older sisters. Um, we have siblings that, I'm going to use the word adopted, that uh, were neighborhood friends, and their mom passed away because mm-hmm. they got hit by a drunk driver. Oh, so, like... Shoot. Our house was kind of the community neighborhood house that all the kids came to. Okay. Um, so it, it was a lot. Yeah. And your parents? Divorced. Okay. Was your dad around? Uh, physically. He was. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. He was, he was there. And he, what, what's the relationship with your mom? Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mom was great. She had to work a ton to right. pay the things at the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dad was there physically. Right. Happy vibe in the home, or was it just kind of chaos mm, and fight or flight? Right. Survival. Yep. Things like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're we're great now. Good. That's I good. Don't Progress. talk. Yeah. Don't talk to dad a ton, mm-hmm. but like we have a cordial relationship. Love sure. him from afar. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So let's go through like middle school, high school. You're you're dealing with the weight all through these years, which are vital years. Yeah, I I think I was probably 15 or 16 when I was in like a 6XL t-shirt. So like I was big for a lot of years. Yeah. Just kind of as far back as you can remember. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um I still don't do great with change. I force myself to cope with it Mm -hmm. because I know things are always going to change. So even going from elementary to middle school was going from one building to a different one. And even that alone would spin me into a panic attack. Mm. So what were you panicking about? Was it the kids? Was it about, it was literally just the change. Just the overall change. Disruption in your schedule. Mm -hmm. What was your social life with the other kids? Middle school, honestly, I don't remember a ton. Okay. High school was great, but high school was also a lot of partying that shouldn't happen in high school. Mm. It's also where the drinking habit started, was high school. Yeah, for most of us. Yeah. Yeah, we all partied. Yeah, there was actually a, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. I was in band freshman year and worked through tons of fundraisers to be able to go march in the Orange Bowl Parade in Florida. Nice. And uh, in theory, nice. Uh, <laughs> they let me do the mar- practice march that they did through Disney. And right before we had gone to Florida, because it was right around December, mm-hmm. I was in a car accident, had whiplash, had to wear a neck brace. Mm. And then the morning of the actual Orange Bowl parade, I went down to the lobby to get with all the other high school kids on the bus. And the band director of the time told me I couldn't march if I wore the neck brace because it gave the school a bad look. Wow. All right. So I actually had a few friends that... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. Boo. Yeah, I actually had a few friends that also went and took their uh, marching band gear off and they're like... That's crap. If he's not marching, we're not marching. Wow. So, like, I, I had friends all through high school. That's Good. awesome. Good. Did you, through those younger years, did you have anybody in your family talk to you about your unhealthy weight? All the time. All the time. Um, okay. In a loving way in, or in a making fun sort of way? In a loving way. That's good. It, it was in a loving way, but the way... They meant something, and the way my brain would register something didn't always connect. Right. Um, for a lot of years, I didn't care about losing weight because I heard all the time, like, you have to do something with your weight. You're not going to make it to 30. I know now they meant that in the most positive way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> my brain was, 
why try? I'm not going to make it to 30. Mm. Mm. Interesting. So, so you had kind of just given up. I did, yeah. Like high school age, you think? You already gave up? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Wow. And was that like, was that looming over you? Or were you like, I literally just don't care because it is what it is? Or it, it was did, that. did you I, I wear that been, heavily? No, I had been big for so long that throughout most of my 20s, that's, that's what I knew. Mm. I'm like, you're just always going to be the morbidly obese, that friend. Mm. Learn to be okay with it. And you were? You got to that point? Most of my 20s, yeah. Yeah. Do you think you really were okay with it, or you just convinced yourself that you were okay with it? I think it would depend on the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think there were times that I was like 100%, maybe not okay, but 100% content. Did you ever seek therapy or anything at no. that age? Did anybody in your family seek therapy for you? No. no. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Like. It, it therapy wasn't, wasn't thing. a thing, yeah. like even for me, the stuff I've been through and her, like it wasn't a thing. Yeah. Well, I grew up, again, my dad, I don't know what his home life was like. He doesn't talk with any of my aunts or uncles or anyone on his side. Mm-hmm. So I try not to hold him accountable for things that I don't know what his thought process was. Yeah, right. yeah, like, that's fair. I don't know what his home life was. Um, but again, I grew up around Harley's. He's tattooed. Mm-hmm. He looks like a mean biker. <laughs> he, you kind of look was, like a mean biker. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe a little. You do. Uh, and then you're Har- so sweet. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> um, so growing up, 90s, early 2000s, Big tattooed, scary dad. You you walk it off. Boys don't talk about their feelings. Right. Yeah. And that is thankful. Bullshit. It is. And thankfully, nowadays, it's very much different. Like, yeah. I think we all probably should talk to some sort of therapist. Mm-hmm. We all have stuff going on. Yep. Well, and the unfortunate part, too, is the accessibility to it even now. So even now, while therapy is more accepted and talked about than it was in the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s, it's still not accessible, Mm -hmm. especially for, like you said, you didn't grow up with a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's not accessible even yeah. for adults. Yeah. Like it's expensive. It's mm-hmm. I've I've heard the price tag on some of my friends that have gotten their children into therapy and they tell me how much it costs and it's like Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Yep, I'm doing it right now and I had to cut back cuz it's too fucking expensive. It sucks. Yeah, and it's it's ridiculous that something like that costs as much as it does. Or mm-hmm. one of medic- the reasons we're doing the show. Yeah. Right. So have you pursued it as an adult? No. Okay, you've M- just mostly, used yeah. your journey as your therapy. Yes. In a way. Yeah. Um I would say something that's therapeutic to me is doing things like this mm-hmm. where I can have a heart-to-heart conversation with whoever happens to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the podcast setting because mm-hmm. I am not a, or, or at least five years ago I wasn't. I don't know if I am now, but I'm not a stand on stage and talk to 500 people in front of me type of person. Sure. But I wouldn't be opposed to trying it. Right. And in this setting, it's a couple people in a room chit-chatting. Right. And if 500,000 people see it or 5 million people see it, I'm not seeing 5 million people looking at me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you on that. So is that still some social anxiety or, I mean, some people just don't like crowds. I I mean, I'm sure, yeah. Do you still, do you feel after your weight loss that you're being stared at still? Because you do hear about that where people still look in the mirror after losing a bunch of weight and they still see themselves as big or they still feel like people are looking at them as big. Do you do, do you deal with that at all? Yes. You do? Um, mostly with looking at myself. Okay. Not so much with other people looking at me, which is actually part of the reason I started getting tattoos when I did, I started getting tattoos when I was a little bit bigger. And I mm-hmm. was like, if people are going to be staring at me, like I always thought they were. Give them something give to them, look at. Going to give them a reason to stare. There you go. <laughs> now I get them because I like art. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to 2014. 
and was there a catalyst for this change or um, I mean did you have a big health issue or a scare in any way or you were just done No so actually I uh my older sister was um going to a local nutrition spot and they were doing like local weight loss challenges where they did a class that would teach a little bit about nutrition each week mm. and she had annoyed me to the point that I was like, if I go one time, will you shut up and stop asking me? Right. And uh, the guy that owns that place used to be over 500 pounds himself. So they had a scale that I could stand on and like actually see the number. Yeah. Um, So that's when it kind of really started. Um, Like I was eating healthier, but I didn't have the education through that 10 months. Like I was still losing enough weight that I had lost two shirt sizes in that 10 months, first 10 months of 2014. Right. But when you're over 500 pounds and you go from eating anywhere from sometimes eight to 10,000 calories a day, I've looked back and I've done the math. Yeah. And you drop down to still not eating the best, but you drop down to five, 6,000 calories a day, Mm -hmm. you're still going to lose weight. Yeah. Um, So I really started to focus on learning the education of food when I stood on that scale and was able to physically see my weight started with a four, like 477. Mm-hmm. It's a big boy. So it was this yeah. health center that really kicked it off for you? No, I would say it was my sister for dragging me into the health center. Yeah, But that's when you um, started being serious about it. Yeah, yeah. And I love that it started with you getting that education on nutrition because, you know, there's a lot of local places that you just go in and let's just get right into it. Let's just work you out, you know, till you drop, which is fine. I don't, I don't know the right answer, but I love that. Like that's really addressing not the very root of the problem, but it's at least starting at that baseline. It started to scratch at the, at the reasoning. And then you work up to the working out. Yeah, and you said you don't know the right answer. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with, talked to, and helped enough people to tell you the right answer is whatever answer is working best for you. There you go. I like the, that. A lot of people look at things like a weight loss surgery as the easy way out sure. and they're cheating. Yep. That just like if somebody was to start at a gym and working out mm-hmm. and it is working for them, that's the right answer for them. Mm-hmm. That's a tool they're using. Right. Same thing with somebody that's going to have whatever surgery they end up having. Mm-hmm. As long as they're being authentic and somebody's like having asking them how they did it and they're not trying to sell them something right. as the answer. As long as they're being authentic of, I went and I had surgery, mm-hmm. but I still had to learn to have a healthy relationship with food, not to backtrack. I had to learn to know what to eat, what trigger foods are mm-hmm. that make or trigger situations are right. that make me want to overindulge. Sure. Yeah. That's a good point. Wow. What were what would you say? So you start on this journey in 2014. So in let's go one year, what did you lose? Um roughly, because you don't really know where you started. I th- I roughly lost about a hundred pounds in the first year. Wow. Um and being that size, I didn't have any sort of income. Mm-hmm. I actually don't have a work history except for the last 10 years. Wow. Um, I even had a situation where I went to a local Hardee's, had an interview, mm-hmm. and had the person interviewing me go, we don't know if you'll be able to move around comfortably in the kitchen, and I don't know if I can get a uniform in your size. Now, wow. Could they probably be sued for things like that nowadays if you could prove it? Yeah. Absolutely. So you had, so through high school and your 20s, you never worked? A little odd jobs here and there. So uh, my brother had a penny saver route. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was 16, so I would have been 12 when I helped him with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did little things like... Uh, bat boy at the colonel stadium so i was running out and getting the bat and taking it back to the dugouts Mm -hmm. and little things like that but no legitimate work history 
until I was 28 or 29. Wow. How old were you when you started your journey in 2014? Oh, my math is terrible. <laughs> I'm 36 now, so eight years ago. Okay. 27 or 28, yeah. something okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. So that's when you, when you started to lose weight, that's when you started to work. Yeah. Nice. And your, your weight was the main thing keeping you from working? Um, I think I used it as an excuse when I started to get some of the answers that I got trying to find work. Mm. Good for you for saying that out loud. Yeah. Good for you. Authenticity is important. Absolutely. Because we do. We, we make excuses for ourselves. We all do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all yeah. do it. Good yeah, for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And where are you working now? Uh, hopefully next week. <laughs> hopefully. GNC. Nice. So oh, I, nice. I do have a, an interview with a local GNC. That's amazing. So awesome. I, if he doesn't like my resume, I'm going to tell him to Google my name. <laughs> there you and, go. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. So um, you're going on almost nine years now since the journey started? Yeah, roughly that. Okay. So take us a few years into your journey. And, and actually, hold on. I want to stop. What that first year, because it's, it's like anything, like quitting drinking, drugs, smoking, like that first, there's, you know, and, and the time frame's different for everybody, but initially kicking it off and sticking with it is maybe sometimes the hardest part. What were your biggest struggles, like say that first year for people that are listening to this? Sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did you do, like, how, I mean, this is all mindset. The first year was a lot of what kept me motivated was consistently seeing the number on the scale go down. Mm-hmm. Um, my nine years of losing weight was not nine years of the number always going down. Yeah. Life happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. There was, locally here, there was the derecho. Oh, wow. There was COVID. There's deaths in the family. There's mm-hmm. there's a, a multitude of things. And the biggest thing is when you start to see things going away you don't want to, figure out what you need to do to get back on track. Right. So I didn't just lose 250 plus pounds. Mm-hmm. It was I'd lose 100. I'd have a month of being depressed about something. And I'd realize that I'm gaining 25, 30 of it back. Mm-hmm. I'd get back on track. I'd lose 75, 50. And it's, you're going to have to be okay with seeing ups and downs like that because it's always going to happen. Right. You just have to remember that you know what you need to do to get back on track. Mm-hmm. That's amazing advice. Yeah. And I think that goes with anything. If you've got a goal in life, um, like riding a bicycle across the state of Iowa. We're going to get to that. <laughs> you're, you're not just going to get on a bike and do it. You've got to train a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to start a business and you know it's going to be $10,000 overhead to start, you're not just going to go to the bank and pull out $10,000. Mm-hmm. But can you put $50 a paycheck up until it adds up to what you need to start a business? Mm-hmm. If you have the dedication to do so, absolutely. Yeah. And that's dedication's another thing. Yeah. Not, Megan, Megan always says progress, not perfection. Yep. Yeah. Progression, not perfection. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I, actually, I actually have um, a TikTok that has close to 15,000 followers, and I have a little merch store that uh, local sprint, screen printing shop prints and drop ships shirts that people order. From awesome. a link that I have on there. Oh, nice. And, um, let's shout out. What's your TikTok? Plug, plug. Heath Thompson underscore fitness. Okay. Nice. And then um, one of the designs is actually dedication over motivation. And it's, it's the same thought process. Mm-hmm. Like, are you motivated to go work 40 hours a week at a job that you don't like? No. Yeah. Are you probably dedicated to it because you know you have to do the things that you don't like sometimes to be able to pay the bills and go enjoy doing the things you want to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And I look at weight loss a lot of the same way mm-hmm. or goals in general the same way. Right. Yeah. Real life question, mm-hmm. especially in today's economic climate, coming from very little money and not have, being gainfully employed, how hard was it to eat healthy? Because groceries are expensive and 
I think we all know it's a lot cheaper to buy some French fries than it is to go out and buy a bunch of fruit, it's you know? Yeah. terrible. Yeah. It's, so it's, did you struggle with that at all or? Um, so I was on food stamps for a little while mm-hmm. um, towards the beginning of it. Yeah. My older sister had a lot of uh, protein powders and things like that that she wasn't using. Mm-hmm. So that first six months of me losing weight was borrowing and using a lot of the stuff she didn't like or hey, she would attempt to use. Works. That's what tribes um, are for. Yeah. Absolutely. And I did a lot of donating plasma at BioLife. Hell yeah. At the time. It was like, I, th- I think at the time, $80 a week I was able to get donating. That is, that is serious determination, which Heath. Mm-hmm. isn't a ton. Uh, I didn't have a driver's license until 2020. Wow. I wow. Ev- would love to tell you the reason. I don't know. I just never had the desire to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would walk two miles, even being 450-ish pounds at the time. Wow. And then at BioLife, your heart rate has to be under a certain amount. So I would sit in the lobby and wait until I could feel my own wrist and know that my heart rate lowered itself enough mm-hmm. to be able to donate plasma. That's to amazing. To be able to help get some of that healthier food. Yeah. You're my fucking no excuses. hero. You're my hero. Damn. Damn. Love that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what are... I, I wrote this in my diary. Um, what... Through losing the weight, what were your quiet victories? Like the things, you know, everybody always just talks about the before and after pictures, but what were your quiet victories? Like being able to tie your shoe or sleeping more comfortably. Yeah, like I don't talk about it probably as much now as I did seven, eight, nine years ago when I first started losing weight. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing that comes to mind is walking up a flight of stairs, Mm. like having to walk up five or six steps, stop and catch your breath, walk up some more, stop and catch your breath, and now I'll sprint them. Right. No issues. Just being able to walk up a flight Mm -hmm. of stairs. Wow. Yeah. Simple things. Do you have any... um, I know a gentleman that was, you know, has a very similar story to yours. Um, and now he's got a lot of knee issues, you know, ankles, back problems that are kind of, you know, left over from just carrying all that weight around. Do you deal with any the, of that? or The biggest one that I can think of is knee issues. Mm-hmm. Um, because I like to be active and work out and I like to set goals for things that are going to go parallel and aid in whatever uh, weight goals I have. Mm-hmm. But I don't like to be like, my next goal is I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Sure. A uh, little over a year ago, I had a goal of doing my very first unassisted pull-up. Okay. So they've got machines that you have weight that assist you to do a pull-up. And I was like, if I'm able to use 30, 35 pounds to assisted pull myself up, in theory, if I lose about 30 more, I'll be doing a pull-up. Mm-hmm. So instead of setting that 30-pound goal, I set that I want to do a pull-up goal. I love that yeah. mindset. I, awesome. I love that mindset. I do. Like, that. yeah. Yeah. It's not about the scale necessarily. Because yeah. people, about the goal. Do, people yeah. do focus on that number. And that whole BMI stuff, oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's the most yeah. outdated yeah, I actually want to do an entire body image episode because it is just so different. And like, I could wear the same size as somebody else and we look completely different. Mm-hmm. And then we focus on that or we look at the scale or like, I've always been a thick little munchkin. Like, I, I just <laughs> even, I mean, even when I was little, like a size two, mm-hmm. I would look at the scale and be like, geez, like, and I was just kind of built like a brick house. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I have that scale will ruin your mindset. It will. I, that's why I love that your goal is to do a pull up or to go up a flight of stairs or maybe to shoot a game of basketball or, or walk yeah. to the mm-hmm. store. Like, that's way better goals yeah. than I want to be 120. Even, mm-hmm. Even uh, starting being heavy enough that you can't set an extravagant goal. Mm -hmm. If you know that you can leave your house and you can do two 
laps around the block you live on, mm-hmm. you can still set the goal of, I want to be able to do four laps around the block. Right. Yeah. I want to do six. I mm-hmm. want to do eight. It doesn't have to be a huge goal. Um, the victory, the, I don't know if serotonin is the right word. Mm-hmm. Knowing you set a goal and achieved it, that feeling is going to be the same. For sure. Whether that goal was that you wanted to run a 10K or you wanted to walk to the grocery store and back and not have to drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a victory. The, yeah. A victory is a victory is a victory. I love that. So you got the pull up? Yeah. Yay! Yay! Yes. <laughs> yes. That's yes. awesome. Yes. Did you just do the one or did you keep going? I'm still working for more. Nice. I just accomplished the one. Awesome. But it was still the victory yeah. that I was looking for. Absolutely. Good for That's you. awesome. And I already have the next goal in mind as well. Yeah. Do you want to say it out loud or do yeah. you? Okay. No, we, I could say it out loud. Um, 2016, my brother and I went on a road trip to Long Beach, California. Mm-hmm. We were just past Denver and there's a place called Hanging Lake. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is I believe it's about a mile and a half hike up to the top, towards the top of a mountain. And the ice caps at the top of the mountain melt. And then there's a pool that collects and it's just crystal clear water. Mm-hmm. And I have asthma. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, and I think at that time I was probably about 150 pounds heavier than I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how difficult thin air was mm-hmm. once you started to climb up. Yeah. So I never made it to the top. I made it about three quarters of the way. Oh, and I was shoot. like, oh. and I had turned around and I was like, I don't comfortably want to try and go any higher. Yeah. Which is also a big thing when goal setting is knowing when not to push yourself too much. Right. Um, so I want to go back. And make it to the top. Yeah, I want to go kick that mountain's ass. Yeah. Awesome. Um, they, I, I can tell you just from all my travels, and like my brother lives in Idaho. I've lived in Idaho and all over and gone to Colorado. And I took Ben, my boyfriend, mm-hmm. to Idaho. And he actually has asthma. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go on a trip somewhere where the altitude, the, the altitude is much higher, mm-hmm. give yourself a few days to... adjust and acclimate and then do the things. That's my best advice I can give to anybody. I mean, just know that if you've, if you've never been to Colorado or you've never been to Montana or Idaho or wherever, and you fly, especially it's such a quick change for you. You're probably going to feel like crap for a day or so. And I mean, even me, I was more used to it. Poor Ben. Yeah. Poor Ben. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, cause I want to do all the things and go hiking and do all this stuff. But even me, I was like, whew. Like it, your lungs really have to adjust. Mm-hmm. So just take a couple days, chill around town <laughs> in the hotel, so, and, and send then pictures, do, and then do the things. So what I'm hearing is take a week long vacation. Yes, yes. day six. You that's when I go hiking. Also, <laughs> also driving. I mean, I know it's terrible, but like the first time I ever took my daughter to Yellowstone, we drove, and just that graceful, soft flow into the, you know, because you're rather than taking a plane and they drop you in this altitude. Mm-hmm. So I was always a fan of road trips. I love yeah. road and, trips. Um, I didn't fly for the first time until April of 2022. Mm. Oh, wow. Because I didn't think of that. I Probably wouldn't have been able to. Would yeah, you have? I think, I think at the time, because I had some family that would fly to do things, mm-hmm. uh, I would have had to buy two seats. Mm-hmm. And yep. use both of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even some of the cheaper movie theaters in town, I would pay the money to go to a more expensive theater where the armrests would lift up mm. because uh, it was hard to sit in them. Yeah. Small victories. Small yeah. victories. Hell yeah. Do you have, um, maybe, and maybe you don't want to say, but is your, are, it, are the people in your family bigger? Or it, does uh, that kind of vary? Because genetics it, it plays varies. a role. It does, yeah. It, it varies. Does anybody kind of give you shit about, oh, you think you're better now? Or, oh, no. he's not going to eat Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. I don't know. No, because Some people can really get down on people when they're going on a health journey. They can, yeah. Yeah. Fit, they like to fit shame. Right. Some some people like to dog on on fat shaming and not fat shame, but mm-hmm. fit shaming is very much a real thing. Uh, wow. Um, that's that's part of the 
healthy relationship with food that I talk about, though. Uh-huh. Like, if I'm... Weight loss is a very hard thing to do, same as weight gain, but it's all about the calories that you take in. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a calorie deficit, losing one pound is 3,500 calories burned more than you're consuming. Mm-hmm. So if, if I know that, say it's Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I know there's going to be a family function, if I know that for three weeks I've been in a 500-calorie deficit every day, that's about a pound I'm losing per week. Mm-hmm. If I eat five, 600 calories over what I would normally eat for that one day, it's not going to completely undo the progress you've made. 35,000 calories of a deficit that I've had for two and a half months. Well, and again, right. you just get back on the horse on Black Friday and walk it off. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, like I know when I eat shitty all weekend that my little ass, big ass, better go to kickboxing on Monday. Yeah. You know, like yeah. th- I just, I know that. It's all like, about you, balance. You go to a place like Farrell's for kickboxing? I do go to Farrell's. Love it. I do go to Farrell's, yes. I've been going there for a couple of years now consistently. Yeah. Um, I went once way back in the day. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, li- I like the kickboxing aspect of it. I used to box. Yeah. Um, I would prefer, I, I prefer box, boxing, just straight up boxing, but there's not really, a, there's not really an outlet for that here in town. There, there's not. There's a couple. Of I that, think the Primo gym over by yeah, that Jefferson. Prim, Primo by Jefferson does. And I've heard that there might be another one, but yeah, there's, there's not a huge outlet for that here locally. Mm-mm. You're more likely to find mixed martial arts and yeah. things like that. Yeah. yeah. I used to box at Jane Boyd. Nice. And I had a fantastic, fantastic coach. He kind of reminded me of the guy from Rocky. Um, <laughs> he just—he was an old, old dude, golden gloves. His name was Dwayne Ampy. Shout out, oh, Coach Ampy. <laughs> I, um, I actually know the name, and I don't yes, know, couldn't tell you why I know the name because could, he it, was a little bit. He was a local legend. And, he was. Uh, yeah, and he was my coach uh, for a while. He he always said I was going to be his million dollar baby. If, oh you've, ever, gosh, if you've ever seen the movie, <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved boxing. Like it was just me and the ring, and um, there's something about it. So I get that. Uh, I get that through kickboxing. It's yeah. my mm-hmm. it's my yeah. outlet of that. I love that portion of it. But yeah. it's also 45 minutes. So I've got somebody yelling at me, telling me what to do. I'm in, I'm out, and I feel better. And and I do notice like the mental aspect of it. When I don't work out or I skip or I take a week off because life gets busy, um, I don't feel as good mentally. My anxiety yeah. stuff kind of starts to kick in. Um, my mind gets a little cloudy. Uh, so it, it does. What? Even just getting up and taking a walk, just doing something helps. So what we feed ourselves is important. It's you're a product of your environment. Mm-hmm. Your it's not just your food and water you're consuming. Mm-hmm. It's the things you read, the things you watch, mm-hmm. the people you're around. Mm-hmm. It all plays a part on how you're doing. And the more you surround yourself with positive people, positive things you're reading, positive things you're listening to, mm-hmm. the more that's going to have a positive impact on your life. Right. Did you have to change who you hung out with or what you were doing at all? Uh, not so much because for that first, from 20 to 25, 26-ish, mm-hmm. I just didn't go do a whole lot of things. Right. Um, so it was more so I, would, I met new people after I had started the positive changes. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends in high school were great, but they were... I just didn't hang out with them a whole ton after high school. Right. Um, so you were you were finding yourself again in a whole new tribe too, new friends yeah. and people yep. and activities and kind of did it kind of feel like a rebirth? I did a little bit. Like, do you feel like a whole different Heath? Like you don't I do. remember who the I old do, Heath is? I don't think I'm ever gonna not remember the old Heath, um, but I definitely look back on it as learning experiences. Mm-hmm. I, I used to, the mindset, I used to be a, why did that happen to me? Mm. Now I look very much back at it as a, that happened to me, whatever reason that is, none of my business. Mm-hmm. 
what I do with it now is my business, right. which is why I like to be so open <clears throat> and talk about it with people and be able to help them out with whatever they're going through. Right. When I had genuine people that reached out to help out or that I felt were genuine, uh, shout out my friend Molly. He used to drag me to local music stuff. Yay, Molly. <laughs> it made a huge impact. So I try to be that friend or even if it's just social media name that people recognize right. that can be the outlet for them. Mm-hmm. And ironically, I have a Phoenix tattoo on my leg to symbolize rebirth. Right. That's amazing. I love um, how intentional and mindful you have been with this whole process and even just you, like you're so mindful. Yeah. yeah. You can kind of look back on that and be sad or think of it as years wasted or whatnot. Or you can think, look what I went through. Look what I have done with myself and yep. all the things I've conquered. So good for you. And I look back on the people I've, I know that I've given advice to. Mm-hmm. And I've had some social media stuff in the past that have gone viral outside of like local news. And the ones that have reached out and said, okay, because you were so open and authentic with your story, that's the reason it resonated with me. So I mm-hmm. imagine there's probably lots of them that will never reach out to me that my story has done the same for them. So speaking of conquering goals, you recently conquered a huge goal. Yes. Which, um, again, I had seen you in social media prior, but then you popped back up again on the news and stuff. Um, because you set a new goal for yourself last year and you went after it this year. And what was that? I did. I trained my ass off, literally. I should have <laughs> I should have saved some of it for cushion. Uh, but I rode an event called RAGBRAI, which is actually an acronym, stands for Register's Annual Great Bike Ride Across Iowa. Mm-hmm. I picked a really fantastic and shitty year to do it. Um because I didn't know it was at the time when I had planned it and said I was going to do it. And I'm very much a, when I say things with intention and say I'm going to do something, I'm pushing myself to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was their 50th year. So it was it's six days long, total of 500 miles. Shortest day was 56 or 57 mile day. Longest was like a 90 mile day. So this mm. year had more stank on it. Than usual? A lot more stank than oh, usual. Okay. <laughs> oh, 500 miles total. Yep. What is it typically? Um, so I've, I've heard from other people that they've seen it as low as like 425, 450-ish. So that 400 range? Yeah. Okay. Um, they intentionally did the 500 because it was their 50th 50, year. 50, yeah. Yep. Oh. So I did a total of 350 of the 500. Because oh, yeah. as much awesome. as setting a goal is important, also as knowing your limits mm-hmm. and the health risks and knowing when to pull out of doing something. Absolutely. Right. What was your training like <clears throat> up? Because you gave yourself a year, approximately. <clears throat> I to- did. So the first time I um, got on the bike was actually February of this year. Mm-hmm. Before that, I had it was winter. Iowa winters suck. Yeah. So it's stationary bike in the gym. Right. So the muscles were there. Mm-hmm. but knowing exactly how the bike itself worked on the road was not. Yeah. Uh, so February was, was my first time on the actual bike I was going to ride for Ragbri. I did a total of eight miles. I did four miles out, four miles home, and I was like, what the hell did you get yourself into? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. But again, I said I was doing it, and I wasn't going to stop just because that one little hiccup of, oh, Shit. If that was the case, I never would have lost 250 pounds. Right. So did I lo- you train I, every day? Like, did you just go out for a bike ride every day? No, I did uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I did 20 miles when I'd get off work. And then Saturdays and Sundays, I would push myself to do 20 to 25-ish. And then uh, six weeks before the actual event, I started upping my weekend training by about 10 miles. So I was doing a couple, like, 75, 80-mile days a few weeks before. Oh, wow. So I did a total of 1,800 miles worth of training in that stretch from February to beginning of July. Oh, wow. Okay. And did you go with a group of people, or did you do this solo? I did not. I went solo. Um, I drive a pretty 
decent sized suburban. So I pulled the seats out of it and built it into like a small little camper. Mm-hmm. And my nephew took a week off work and drove support. Sweet. So, Shout out nephew. Yeah. So he would drove, drive to each overnight town, find a camping spot. So once I got done with the exhausting 100 degrees and 80 miles. <laughs> it was so hot this year. Yeah, it was ridiculous. My roommate yeah. and best friend did it. Um, she just did a day, Tama, to Coralville. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, oof. Yeah. She said at one point, like, she felt like the back of her was on fire because it was so hot. The sun just beating down on her. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't know it until talking to other people that did it, do it often or every year since they've started doing Greg Bry. Mm-hmm. If it's... Say it's 100 degrees air temperature. Mm-hmm. When you're actually on the road, it's probably closer to 110 to 120 because all of that heat radiates off the concrete right. that you're riding on. So I it's think it's about like that. a sauna. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that that stretch your friend rode was actually the stretch where I rode with my support driver and was like, I need to try to take a day. Yeah. So I can finish the next two days strong. Mm-hmm. And then I did half of the day after that, and I was like, gotta call it here. Yeah, she did. She did Tama to Coralville. Right? Oh, yeah, Tama to Coralville. Got it. Yeah, so I did half of that day. Yeah, the day before that was the day that I rode with the sport driver, Des Moines to Tama to Tama. Yeah, a lot of people dropped. They said thirty percent of people dropped yeah. out that day. Yeah, that day was brutal. brutal. That was yeah. the highest yeah. elevation day, and then Tama to Coralville was the second highest elevation day. Yeah, over one was close to four thousand feet of. Hills climbed, and the other one was just under that or just over that. Oof. It was brutal, a lot brutal. Yeah. But yeah, I did. I didn't do the full five hundred. I did three hundred and fifty of the five hundred. Mm-hmm. I planned for things that I never used, and I learned things that I'm like, I need to plan better for next year. What's do one they- of those things? Um, knowing how to deal with chafing and saddle sores or preventing <laughs> saddle sores. Yeah. Yeah. Do they give you any sort of guidance? Like, I mean, this is so stupid, but like when I first heard about the support drivers, I was like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. Remember when we went kayaking and I was like, like, where's my car at? She's like, how are we going to get back? (laughs) Like, there's sags at the bottom. Like, um, do so, they give you any sort of, hey, you should bring this or you should prepare for that? Are there or? like Facebook there, groups? There's, there's a couple of Facebook groups that were super helpful on what to look out for. Um, and then there are services, third-party services that aren't official RAGBRAI mm-hmm. that you can pay them a certain amount and they will like have tents set up for you and they'll provide a dinner eat- each night for it's overnight. It's like VIP ragbri. Wow. Yeah. I didn't have an extra $800 yeah, lying around. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to talk my nephew into taking the week off work and yep. be like, hey, come hang out for a week. Yeah. I dropped my roomie in Tama. So mm-hmm. we got up at like 3.30. We left the house at like 3.30 in the morning and I drove her to Tama to drop her so that they could get on the road early because it was so bloody hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Ooh, it's 350 miles. Fucking bravo, Heath. Yeah. That's, I mean, really, that's, that's I can't, literally. I mean, I don't, I, people say they do like 20, 30 miles and that makes me sweat thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you'll do it again next year? That's the plan. Yeah. I, I met all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Some people that I exchanged numbers with, they invited me to come like camp in their yard and they'd show me around Phoenix. It's mm-hmm. quite the community. Uh, it is. Yeah. I met a guy that, um, we actually started a conversation over a joke because there was a headwind. And if you know anything about cycling, a headwind is worse than a hill because a hill you can see the top of. And a headwind <laughs> is just the wind oh, no. blowing it's... in your face. <laughs> and uh, so I was drafting behind him. So he was getting majority of the headwind. <laughs> and he said something smart ass about uh, getting used by a new friend. Yeah. And it was the new friend comment that just started a conversation. He flew in from Australia. Oh, the guy my was from Australia. Goodness. Wow. That's... Yeah, it's crazy how popular this is. Yeah, it's from what I understand, it's the longest cycling event in the world. Like been along rounder than around longer than Tour de France, like all those. Oh wow. wow. I didn't know that. Me either. Hmm. Conquered it. I That's did. That's crazy. Good for you. 
Until next year when I conquer it again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go for more more than three fifty. Is that yeah. just your goal? Just to do more than three fifty. The goal is always to finish it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, my goal is always going to be to finish it, and I'm probably going to continue to do it until I reach that goal of finishing it. Good for you. Um, but as long as I enjoy it, I'm making friends. It it's a win. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're not on your couch at home. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. <laughs> Although afterwards, I was like, I don't want to leave my couch for days. Right. I was going to say, how oh. many days did it take you to kind of fully bounce back? Two days after getting back, I found out I didn't have a job to go back to. So I don't know if it was the like post-vacation depression they talk about mm. or if it was the anxious... Oh damn! Oh damn! Now what am I gonna do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because while I raised a lot of money to be able to do Ragbri, I also saved a lot of my own personal funds for the past year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To be able to do it, and I'm like, had I known that I wasn't gonna have a guaranteed source of income two days after coming back, would I have Mm -hmm. still done it? Mm -hmm. Thinking back now, a few weeks of reflecting, reflecting on it, I think I would have. Yeah. Um. A lot of people like to joke and say I'm a local celebrity. I like to joke and say my bank account needs to catch up. <laughs> um, but I, I reached out, made a quick Facebook post, and within five days I had interviews for multiple positions at a couple different local businesses. Nice. Awesome. Um, one of them I'm currently working, front desk at a hotel. Mm-hmm. And, and that's out of your box, right? Because you're having to face it is. with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're you're not only are you setting these physical goals, but it, it sounds like you're also setting a lot of personal, mental goals of getting Just, yourself out there, yeah. socializing more, mm-hmm. like working on that aspect of your yeah. life as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, you're a product of your environment. Yeah, yeah. is um, the health and nutrition industry kind of where you see yourself long term, or what's? Um, I don't, I don't know. Your I would love to. Uh, go through the process of getting certified as a personal trainer, mm-hmm. partly because I know what it was like to be over 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. And had I worked with the average personal trainer, and maybe average isn't the right word, but it's the one I'm going to use, that has been fit their whole life. Right. And they're like yelling at them to jog. And they don't understand that getting off the couch to walk to the bathroom is painful on the knees. Right. Like, I can look back and reflect on how I felt being over 500 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I know, I think I know a good way to have a conversation without it being a negative trigger for people like that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, So maybe being certified personal trainer at some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Biggest thing is, though, is I want to be in a a position that is fulfilling Mm -hmm. and that I feel like I'm helping people. Right. And if that means I'm working a cash register somewhere and just on the side I'm having conversations and helping people, mm-hmm. I'm still doing my mission in life, whether that causes my income or not. Right. I don't care. I'm still going to help them. That's how I yeah. feel too yeah. about the show. Like it's the end goal isn't maybe what people would think it is. Yeah. The end goal is it's healthy for me and it's healthy for other people. And and I love your um, take on being a personal trainer. We have talked multiple times on the show that it's kind of like, I don't think I could ever sit down with somebody that's going to help me not be an addict anymore if they've never been an addict. Like that's why it's it's hard for a lot of people to resonate with a the therapist or connect with a the therapist or an AA counselor or unless they've actually been in the mud, can they fully reach you at your soul level? So for you to help somebody that is in the same position, like you said that, you know, most of these trainers are super fit and they're like, woo! And I'm not feeling real woo because my (laughs) knees hurt and my back hurts. But yeah, for somebody that's been fit their whole life, trying to train somebody that's at that unhealthy weight is, yeah. I mean, that... I. That's a fantastic mission, Heath. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you can relate to people that are in that situation better than anybody else ever could. Yeah. That's that's yeah. huge. Yeah. That's huge. I think that's a fantastic personal goal. Yeah. I, I mean, I, your road's going to lead you wherever it's going to lead you for sure. But, um, to yeah. Hanging Lake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Are you, and you're going to try to do that this year. That's your next goal is to go back to Hanging not, Lake in Colorado. Not this year. I think, well, 
I'm in the ta- spring. I'm going to take your advice and plan to go for yeah. a week. Yes. Mm-hmm. And my birthday is in March. So yes, yes. I'll do it in March. Take a road trip. Yeah. Give yourself a couple of days to acclimate when you get there and then do do the damn thing. I want to see pictures. Yeah. I'm going to have sure. to Google that place. I'll post them. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Heath, for coming on the show and telling your story. And you are now the, that I've gotten to know you. I like you even more. You're so mindful and intentional. Yeah. And um, yeah, what you've done. I hope that you are really, really fucking proud of yourself. And continue you. to thank be you. proud of yourself and continue to dig. And yeah, just go after those those goals and conquer shit for the rest of your life. That's thank really you. cool. That's I cool. appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Heath. Thank you, Megan. And we love you all out there in podcast land. Uh, Thank you. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac And with a pen and pad I compose this rhyme To hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime 